Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. All right, you guys are listening to the Nickish Show. You got your boys Mo and Nafi, and we're back after uh, what feels like about a month, I want to say. You know, maybe three weeks. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, it's just been going on. Uh, we'll, we'll get a little bit into it, but I want to ask my partner here first. How you feeling, man? What's going on? Doing all right, man. I mean, first and foremost, I feel like I got to turn the question back on you, but you being the polite host that you are, I'm doing all right. You know what I mean? Um as a, I mean, as you touched on, we basically ain't been behind the mic in a month. We haven't been active on our social pages for a month, and we both got good reasons for that. I feel like timing is everything in life, right? So a whole bunch of shit happened in the real world that significantly affected both you and I, and you in particular. <laughs> I'm going to allow you to do the honors of speaking to your situation, but yeah, bro, like my whole thing is just like, you know, my job got crazy, but on top of that, yo... Spring came around, pollen knocked on my door, and these motherfuckers jumped me, bro. Like, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I felt like you, like, you ever seen that meme where it's just like, it was like a video of like some kid getting jumped in a, into a gang, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was pollen to me in like the last four weeks. And like, I literally had to go to my doctor pleading. I was like, please, please give me whatever you got. This Allegra shit don't work. Zyrtec betrayed me, please. So yeah. that was like a week, week and a half ago. I'm good now. Hopefully you sound a little better. Like two weeks ago, I sounded like, like a raspy fucking soul singer. So, I feel like I'm improving. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm gonna turn it back to you, bro. How you feeling, bro? Let the people know what went on, what's going on, and like, wh- wh- why are we here? Yeah, and, uh, I mean, <laughs> and more importantly, like, what brought us, brought you away from uh, the content? Yeah, game. I mean, I- ironically, if you listen to, I want to say at least ninety five percent of our episodes at, towards the end, uh, it's usually me who's like. Yeah, guys, be smart, be careful, mask up, and try not to get COVID. And ironically, I was the one who caught it. And uh, you know, I, I and you know it. I'm very careful with with this shit. Like I'm masked up, double mm-hmm. masked up, uh, sanitizing all the time, make sure I'm not touching my face, doing all the stuff that we're taught to do. You know, last year and almost made it, man. Almost made that full year, um, COVID free. Get the vaccine. I'm good to go. And uh, at some point or another, I must have touched the surface and might have scratched my eyes or some shit because your boy got COVID. Uh, shit knocked me out for, for a couple of weeks. And um, shit's no joke, man. These variants are running wild. Like, I don't know if you keep up with, like, the Cuomo or de Blasio tweets, but, like, 9,000, 9,000 New Yorkers a day are getting COVID, testing positive, almost on a daily basis. It's, it's crazy. These variants are fucking running Damn. wild. Uh, I want to say like 33 or 3,400 New Yorkers every day, uh, despite, you know, the millions of vaccines that's been given out. Um, but, you know, if you're listening to this and you, you're wondering if you should get a vaccine, even to this day, uh, there there's no thought about it, man. Just go go get the vaccine. It's not it's not worth the physical and mental, you know, shit that you go through when you actually catch COVID for, for a couple of weeks. Uh, I got mine scheduled for next week, even though I got antibodies now. At this point, like the... These vaccines are good, good to go against these variants. And, uh, you know, you want to get that shit ASAP. Get the first dose, second dose, ASAP. Thanks. And, let, you know, let's get let's get past this. Uh, but, you know, thankfully, uh, after a week or two, uh, I didn't watch any Knicks games, didn't really keep up with the content, just shut everything off and just tried resting. Uh, you know, thankfully, um, I'm good to go. Rightfully and, so. And, uh, you know, people have had it much, much harder, much more severe than I have. And, you know, blessed to say that. I'm good, and you know, just keep praying for those who've had it much rougher and had to be hospitalized and all that shit. Uh, and you know, we're almost at the end here, so you know, if you're listening to this, I'm gonna say it again: mask up, be smart, uh, probably wear gloves now too, um, and just make sure you're you're scheduling your vaccination ASAP. If you haven't done it for your parents, your folks, or anything like that, do it now, man, because um, this shit is still out there and it's it's hitting people hard. Well said, my brother. I mean, first and foremost, happy you back. I'm mean, glad you told told our loyal listeners and fans out there what's going on. Um, don't know if these folks were worried, but if you were, like, shout out to y'all. You know what I mean? 
Um, but yeah, I mean, thankfully our boy Mo here is back healthy, looking like himself, um, sounding like himself. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, if 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 anything, the main takeaway you should take from uh, Mo's uh, experience so far is just like legitimately take it seriously because I know for a fact he was one of the folks that's taking it seriously out there and that shit still got him this shit ain't no joke you know what I mean thankfully like he said he he had a better experience than most other people so yeah I mean be smart out there and if you're being smart be smarter you know what I mean if you're being mm-hmm. smart be also clever you know what I mean because we went to the finish line and yeah I'm just I don't know about you, bro. I'm, like, waiting, doing the countdown mentally and, like, looking at the calendar every day. Like, yo, first summer in a while. Because last summer wasn't a summer, you know what I mean? It was, like, pandemic, COVID summer. So, hopefully by then we all, we both vac eat up and I can actually fucking be in uh, New York. We can actually link For up real? again, like, old times, you know what I mean? And actually might be able to record in person again yeah. as a duo. Yeah, but, get guests. Yeah, do, I mean, do it in person. Get, you know, get people up, see them face-to-face, record together. People want to join the show. That... That shit is exciting, you know. Uh, I I hope we, facts, we can do that. Facts. Human interaction. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, and then most definitely shout out to the MBK boys. I know we was we had to take a step back from a, a uh, from content creating, obviously. But I know our boy Sam and the rest of the MBK crew been going strong out there. You know what I mean? So shout out to them. Mm-hmm. And yo, I mean, I'm ready to get back into it, man. Okay. I mean, we got a month of shit to catch up on. I figure this could be more of a random kind of like, yo, it's whatever come to mind, whatever Knicks related or not Knicks related, we want to touch on that we haven't had a ta- chance to t- touch on, obviously. Then we get, we could hit it all today. You know what I mean? You with yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, basically what the listeners are going to hear are two guys who for years, day in, day out, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, just you know, following NBA content, uh, articles, videos, live games, all that, and basically both of us for the last two, three weeks have been off it, haven't been doing that. Um, you know, I, I watched a couple of games here and there. I, I watched, I caught the Memphis game, caught the OT, uh, missed, missed the Celtics game, make, uh, missed the Nets game, haven't been reading as many articles, and, you know, Nafi, I know you said the same thing because allergies really hit you hard for a couple of weeks there. Uh, we both haven't been, you know, keeping up as much as we can, but shit, you guys are hearing it live here right now two guys who are trying to catch up with the game but uh you know we know our shit to a point and uh we're here to talk about the knicks so shit man who do you want to start off with or what do you want to start off with i mean i'm looking at the schedule our last episode was at like this the 17th so i mean i'm looking at the schedule definitely caught like pretty much every game up until like the minnesota game um, I missed that Milwaukee game we had, like, on the 27th. But I saw that Miami game. Frustrating motherfucking loss, obviously. Um, Jimmy was Jimmy that game. That's what I remember. And I know our listeners are probably thinking, like, this is a game for, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I was right. like, hey, man, we we do what we can right now. We can back on track. Um, yeah, if we could, uh, if I could do this full time, you know what I mean, they would probably want to skip a beat. But like, we both got real-life obligations, and those real-life obligations had to veer off course for all the reasons we covered. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean... Made thick, coming out of the big OT win we had. I know you and I both were aware of what happened. You know what I mean? At, le- at the very least, our boy R.J. Barrett. You know what I mean? Uh, I could just leave it at there. Enough said. But I know folks come to listen to us, and we haven't been providing that that entertainment. But main thing I gotta say is, man, I never doubted. I never, I never, never wavered in my idea that this this kid R.J. He had the right mentality, attitude, and just pedigree to continue to develop and become exactly what he's showing right now. You know what I mean? Um, Like, just seeing him big boy John mm. Morant with all the narratives floating mm. out there, you know what I mean? Like, all them shits about, like, oh, the 2019 draft. It's just RJ. Not a jo- RJ. It's just Zion and John Morant. And it's a steep drop-off, you know? Like, it might have been a mistake for the Knicks to take RJ at three because, you know, there was I saw some uh, DeAndre Hunter, like, noise oh. coming up early in the season <laughs> when he was played well. Yeah. And I'm just like, we're not going to do this. Like, RJ, please. Like, he's the type of kid, kid and before I hand it over to you, actually, I want to talk about, like, RJ, just, like, the feeling you see or, like, the idea that, like, a Knicks player actually takes shit personal and he puts it into action to motivate himself to become better. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one thing for probably, like, the last decade I've been craving. You know what I mean? Like, all these players that play for us, they know we're a punchline. So I've been wanting them to take that shit personally, you know what I mean? Become a motivator and, like, lash out at the folks that are doubting you. And to me, you know, like, from a, I guess, an anecdotal perspective, RJ's doing that 
at every step of the way. He didn't make the rookie team. He came back and he's doing what he did right now. You know what I mean? Like he fucking he didn't make that twenty five hundred twenty five list. Yep. It don't matter. He went out and did what he did against Memphis. Mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards talked some shit, which we'll get to that. But like that kid need to go sit down somewhere. But RJ didn't give a shit. He he laughed it off basically, right? And he's just becoming what he is. And I don't know, bro. It's beautiful to see. That's like the main takeaway for me, or one of the main takeaways that I've been trying to like formulate in my head for the last month. But let me pass it over to you, man. What what's going on? What what do you want to get off your chest that you haven't I been mean, able to? I mean, shit, man. R R J Barrett. I think everything that he's been doing the last, I want to say, six games at least, are things that Knicks fans are excited to see, but aren't surprised by. And it's it's it was what was expected of him. Uh, even from last season when he was a rookie and came in with that with that Mamba mentality, there's a reason why we called him the Mamba, you know, uh, Maple Mamba for a while. And, you know, obviously that name's been retired since. <laughs> but that mentality that he brings in and just that, that dogness in him, um, that was something that we saw coming in from last season. I want to, for a quick second here, I want to give some credit to the, the players who we had on the team last season that were trying to start this whole hashtag bully season kind of thing that didn't pan out. But I think that left a mark on him. Like, you know, Mook Morris was the guy who he was the leader of the Knicks for a couple of months there and tried to bring that mentality into the players. And, you know, the talent wasn't there, but I, I want to say at least some of that definitely went to RJ's head and we're seeing the, uh, you know, the consequences of Thanks. what that can do to a player like him. And these are good consequences because, you know, you mentioned not making the all rookie team. You mentioned him not making 25 under 25 and him just, for some reason or another, continuously flying under the radar uh, throughout the NBA. And uh, mm. since Anthony Edwards, you know, dumbass comment of uh, on R.J. Barrett saying that they weren't that worried that the ball was in R.J. Barrett's hands, and even though he missed the game winner, you know, since that point, his percentages have skyrocketed. I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I want to say something I, I saw somewhere maybe. 45% on the field, and but 48% from the three. I don't know if that's the last six games or ten mm. games, but this man hasn't been missing threes that Love much. Love to see it. Like, he, him being mm. an inefficient shooter is not a thing anymore. Like, he is an efficient shooter. He's picking his spots well. He went 6-6. Six six, uh, I forgot what game it was, but he went 6-6 six six from the three, bro. And, um... Chill. Clutch. I mean... Yeah. You say it right there, man. Like, that narrative, that sentence you just said, like, that whole him being an inefficient shooter is not a thing anymore. I I always believed in RJ. I thought that was a sentence we'd be saying down the line. I didn't expect us to be saying that in his age 20 season, sophomore season. You know what I mean? 20 That's years old. That's a testament old. to the kid and the work ethic, bro. Yeah. 20, he can't even, I could literally not buy him a drink right now. I could be in handcuffs <laughs> for handing him a beer, probably. You know what I mean? In, in, in like... In view of like a police officer, yeah. and <laughs> not that I want to, I don't, I don't, I don't give my. my there's one line that you that. mentioned. I, I want to say in the last episode that we did, maybe the episode before, but you're comparing him to Zion. You said when it comes to potential, um, and it's, it's resonated since with me. And I, I keep thinking about it. You said Zion has unlimited potential, and he, there's a possibility that he might, right, he might right. not hit his potential, but it's so high. But for RJ, he's a guy who's gonna milk out every bit of potential that he has, and he's gonna maximize his ability and be the best absolute best player that he can be even if that player isn't going to be better than zion he's going to work his ass off to be the absolute best that he Mm. could be and that's a guy that we need in new york and you know obviously zion is zion Williamson. he could be a generational player maybe rj barrett might not be we can't you know pretend that every player that the knicks have is going to be a generational player but rj barrett will be the very best player that RJ Barrett can be, and that could be a very, very good player. So, no shout out to you, man. That was a very, very good point that you made. Yeah, I appreciate that. I didn't even fucking remember, and you the one that had COVID. So shit, <laughs> <laughs> that brain fog. <laughs> what right? happened to the brain fog? Nah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, since then, like that man Zion's been fucking wrecking the league. Yeah, I paid attention yeah. to that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he might be the fucking Pelicans' best point guard, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But that's that's a whole other story. But yeah, I mean. RJ, like, I hate this. I'm going to hate the comparison I'm about to make. And I hate this player. And he recently got fired by ESPN for some uh, uh, for uh, lewd, some lewd Instagram yeah. shenanigans. But <laughs> it's like how Paul Pierce literally is not athletic. He's slow as shit. He was always, like, slow coming into the league. But he juiced every bit of athleticism he had into his craft to become, like, a crafty, like, all-star level scorer and a finals MVP. So, like... Fuck that dude, but also, like, give him credit for that. But, mm-hmm. you know, 
I just feel dirty just being complimentary of that piece of shit right now because I've never fucked with Paul Pierce. And so. Comparing him to RJ. Back Barrett, to uh, back to my old mentality. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's just like you see what I mean, right? Point, like though, yeah. Paul Pierce was never, you know what I mean. He was never that like, oh, he better jump out the gym or like, yo, he. You would see him as a like as a young player or like remember when I when I first start watching basketball, I'd be watching these games like. Paul, like you know how like when you're a casual fan, you look on the court, you see who looks like the mm-hmm. best player. You see Zion on the court, you're like, oh, this motherfucker got to be yep. a monster. I see Paul Pierce, I was like, he got like a mm-hmm. pot belly, uh, uh, like doughy, doughy arms. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he don't look like the best player, but he was an assassin. RJ is not like that physically. You know what I mean? Obviously, he's built like a fucking brick shit house, as uh, our man Macri likes to say. Shout out to KF, mm-hmm. KFS. But um, yeah, but it's the whole idea of his his athleticism and explosiveness. It's it, it's it's admittedly like limited, but he's gonna juice the shit out of whatever he got. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that orange is gonna be peeled, juiced, and dried up whenever when RJ's done working on his game. You know what I mean? So we could go on and on about him, cause but it, you know, like I said, it's been a month since we spoke. So I mean, you want to talk a little bit more about uh, some other Knicks? You know what I mean? Let's talk a little bit about Randall. You know, like the numbers have mm. have come down. I don't want. I'm not gonna say he's come back. He's come back down to earth because I don't think that's fair to say for him. Um, but there are some, you know, ideas circulating what exactly is going on with him. Even though he had a triple double last game, his numbers have come. His percentages have come down. I think his overall stat line has been the same, but he's shooting. I want to say close to thirty percent from the three. Uh, I believe about forty percent from the field. That's all down about ten percent than what he was doing. Uh, you know, coming into the All Star game, so you know when you see these numbers going down, what's the first thought that's coming to your mind? What what is going on with Randall right now? First thought, obviously, is a thought that probably every Knicks fan has in their mind or mm-hmm. had in their mind as soon as uh, Tom Thibodeau took the podium to you know to accept the Knicks job or like you know have his first press conference as a head coach, and the point I'm about to make. The minutes, you know I mean? The minutes distribution, like the load management and all that. We knew it would catch up to him eventually. Part of me didn't want to believe it would because, like, he's such a fucking Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like, you saw the shape he came into the season and how he just, he, yo, he's a fucking Adonis. Like, pause, you know, um, all, all you want to put out there. But that man built, like, a fucking, as a, as a fucking power forward should be built. You know what I mean? Like, he... And I was thinking he could hold up, especially if, like, with that all-star break, um, with less games. But obviously the human body is 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 not exactly, you know, um, we haven't, let's put it this way, we haven't discovered the super soldier serum yet, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you will get exhausted and you will get fatigued. And I think that's the main culprit of what's going on with Randall. The secondary aspect, before I turn it back over to you from my perspective, is that teams are getting wise to who he is now, you know what I mean? There was even a period when his when he was still shooting forty percent from three, teams were still treating him like he was Draymond Green out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you're noticing subtly that like he's getting more respect in that regard, and um, teams expected him like with the soft doubles or even the regular doubles that he would turn it over or do like the shit he used to do last year. But up until like recently, until after this break, he's been reading them double teams perfectly and beautifully. You know what I mean? He became that point forward that everybody envisioned for him going back to his high school days. But now it's, it's just about like both ma- managing the fatigue from all the minutes and also readjusting his game slightly to the fact that like, okay, now the whole league is on watch. They know you that guy for our franchise now. It's not a question anymore. You know what I mean? And I think to bring it back to RJ a little bit, I think his emergence it owes a lot to Randall's, like, all-star level play this year because it's allowed RJ to, like, progress as opposed to, like, having that burden on him right away where we needed him to be that right. guy. Now RJ's becoming that guy, and it's clear that he is the second dude. And, like, the thing I want to say is, like, moving forward, instead of Randall being the primary guy in crunch time that he has been, I feel like it's got to be a 50-50 load, you know what I mean? But that's on Tom Thibodeau, but that's my take, but... Well, well, what are you thinking is, like, I guess the main culprit behind Randall's, like, downturn, though? Do you think it's, like, fatigue? Do you think it's a combination of factors? Or is he coming back down to earth? Is he becoming regular Randall again? Let me ask well, you that. Um, when you look at the actual numbers, I think the minute distribution is pretty much the same as it's been. The points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game is almost mirroring what it was pre-All-Star game. It's really the percentages that are going down. And it's mainly the three-point percentage, and it's 
not too fair to expect a player to maintain like a 40. He was shooting like 42, 43% for a while uh, from the three-point line, and it's, it is it isn't too fair for us to expect him to maintain that for the whole season. But a 10% drop to the, to the low 30s is, is a big deal. And I think it was – I think it's 31% in the last six or seven games, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. And, you know, the three-point shot is something that he improved on greatly uh, from last season. And a lot of the shot, you know, as we know, as guys who play basketball, comes from the legs. And, you know, you mentioned fatigue. That's mm-hmm. a, I believe that is the main culprit. But another one, I think, is uh, he might not be fully healthy. Uh, there was that one play, I think, in the Wizards mm-hmm. game – when Peyton, you know, banged into him, and because of that, Randall missed the game. I don't know if he missed two games. He definitely missed the Bucks game. I don't know if he missed the game after. Uh, with, with the no, he didn't. He played against the Heat, but um, he missed the game. And maybe, and maybe there's a possibility that some of the injury residue is still there, and he's not getting the full power in his legs that he used to get when he was putting up those shots. And at that point, it's easy to point fingers at Peyton and be like, "Yo, this motherfucker hurt our best player." And is is a reason why he's not playing as well as he could. But obviously, I think the main culprit is fatigue. But there is a possibility that our best player might be not fully healthy. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, credit to Randall then, because he's a motherfucking dog. You know what I mean? That's that's part of being the main dude on a team. Mm-hmm. Like going back to what he talked about in his Players Tribune um um article which still to this day is a fucking amazing article, like, now that I kind of think back on it. But he brought up, you know, Kobe being his mentor, and that was Kobe, rest in peace, to the GOAT. That was Kobe's mentality. Like, Knicks and Knacks, injuries, fuck that. You got to play through if you can. Like, you got to literally, yeah. like, have to, you know, tear an Achilles to take that dude off the court, you know what I mean? So I'm liking that Randall's bringing that attitude. So even if he is hurt, he's not talking about it. He's not making a thing out of it, you know what I mean? Like, I remember when Kobe, when he first broke his finger, or fractured mm-hmm. his finger, people were like, oh, shit, he's going to be out. The Lakers playoff hopes. Nah, he fucking wrapped that shit up and kept playing. And Kobe's like, yeah, I got to adjust how I shoot the ball, but I'm going to still be out there. Led- and literally his percentages dropped. But Kobe, you know what I mean? But he was still out there playing. He mm-hmm. was still putting up numbers that 95% of the league could have do, even though they weren't his best shooting splits. He fact, I don't know, this is like anecdotal again, but he probably shot more after the fractured <laughs> finger. He's like, oh, okay, let me shoot some more to get used to this weird finger now. <laughs> but like... Yeah, Rand- that's Randall's mentor, and Randall, to his credit, gave Kobe credit for like his approach or the adjustment he made to his approach. So, you know, hopefully he picks it back up. And my biggest, I guess, takeaway aside from like the minutes uh, overload and, and just like the league kind of figure him out and possible injury, I also think it's like there's got to be a mental burden there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he's um he's been carrying us as that dude uh, for the whole season and. It, I keep going back to it, like, that article, he called out personally that he wasn't ready for that shine in the first year as a main dude. That's why it was a lot of pitfalls for him. And now, it's like his second year, he's doing improved, he's ready to step into that role. But even still, it's only his second year. It's like, there's going to be those growing pains of being a team's franchise, like, leader, you know what I mean? I think this is part of it. Um, You got to be consistent each time. And I, I know for a fact that, like, a lot of the all-star players you see, in their first or second year of getting a lot of minutes, there's still ups and downs, you know what I mean? So even if Randall's like 26, you got to remember he's, it's 26 in his second year in this role as the number one primary guy. And I feel like even, you know, fuck Phil Jackson, he was a dickhead, but he always used to say something along those lines of like, it's underrated, like the ability just to even get up those shots and like be there to handle those possessions. He said that about Kobe and, and Jordan. The fact that they could get up so many shots is a skill in itself. You know what I mean? To do that night in, night in and night out when the other team and other teams know that you're your team's best option, it, it you know, it's a drain on you, like both physically and mentally, I got to think. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's my perspective as a fan from the outside. I'm not trying to play no arms, uh, armchair psychologist, mm-hmm. but that's what I think. You know what I mean? So summary of that is uh, Randall other... is is through the injury, despite the numbers, is becoming a better player. Right, that's what that's what you're saying. Even though the numbers aren't aren't reflecting it, he himself Basically. is becoming a better player because he's working through and learning from that. That's what you're trying to say. That exactly. I exactly. Yeah, I'm thinking that's like contributed to it, like the emotional, mental toll of being mm-hmm. that dude and like realizing, okay, yo, I ain't got it. I'm tired, but I still got to right. be that dude. 
I feel like that's an adjustment for anybody. Like, Kevin Durant didn't have this problem because he came into the fucking the Seattle Supersonics and they was just like, you're literally the number two overall pick. You're a generational prospect. You're the guy now. Like, we're going to lose for like three years, but you're going to be the guy. Randall came into a situation in LA. Kobe was mm-hmm. still there. You know what I mean? Like, and then he broke his leg, missed his rookie year. He comes back. They got a new prize rookie in D'Angelo Russell. You know what I mean? So, like, it wasn't there for him to really take that mantle as the main right. guy. And I feel like now it's his only second season doing this. And in a, in a weird-ass year, too. So, I don't know. I'm not going to be too harsh on him. Obviously, I feel like nobody's yeah. being harsh on Randall, rightfully. So, he's he's turned it around. He, Knicks fan, I would love for us to sign him to an extension. Like, have you wavered no. on that a little bit after this kind of cold nah, stretch? not huh? at all. Not at all. I, I think it's a fatigue thing. I think it's a minutes thing. I think it's a human thing, bro. At this point, like, he... He's got it. He's got the capability. He's got the work ethic. He's got the leadership mentality and just a desire to win. And that's how much more can Knicks fans ask for? You know what I mean? Like, he's doing everything that we ask exactly. for. Fuck it. We, we de- he deserves to get paid. He deserves the bag. And he deserves, you know, all of our respect for putting in the work. And he might actually be injured. And he's playing through it. And, you know, the, the Knicks are a seventh seed right Definitely. now. So it's going to be uh, an interesting, you know, uh, third or fourth to, to the season. I think there's like, I don't know how many games are left, maybe 20 or so games left. Uh, it's going to be interesting. The, the upcoming right. stretch is going to be tough. So I'm going to transition to that a little bit because the Knicks got a game tonight against the uh, the Raptors, who haven't been playing that well. But, you know, afterwards they got the Lakers, who blew out the Nets yesterday without LeBron, AD, and even Kuzma playing. That was I, – I, I love that game because fuck the Nets. Um, and then they got the Pelicans twice, <laughs> Dallas, and then Charlotte. Atlanta's killing it right now. Uh, Phoenix later on in, in the month, mm. uh, another team that's been killing it. And and Chicago, you know, uh, that, that mm. wraps up the month. And Chicago, they haven't been playing as well, but they're still in the running for that play-in tournament. And uh, I, I, obviously the goal is for the Knicks to at least make the sixth seed so they could avoid the play-in tournament because that's just going to be dangerous. But right now, it's it's going to be tough to s- figure out where they're going to end up being uh, at the end of the season. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, one of the corny things in the corporate world a lot of people say is, like, it's going to be rhetorical. It, there, people always say, like, oh, in terms of, like, how to handle the work or what's ahead, they're like, yo, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at oh, a time, God. you know what I mean? So it's like one game at yeah. a time, you know what I mean? As a Bringing that corny comparison in, but hey, if if any of my bosses are listening, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, give me give, give me some credit. But um, to your point though, it's like we're going through this like they like to call it in the NFL. It's like a war of attrition. It's like it's not who's the best left standing at the end of an NFL season. It's who's left standing. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's so brutal. Obviously, that's a different sport. Obviously, but this is kind of the same thing in times in terms of just like. You know the kind of workload players are going through, especially given the fact it's like a compacted season, COVID and all that going on. We we talk about it. You you know it. You know what I mean? Like you you, you <laughs> yes, faced the big you. C yes. and you came out alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, yeah, bro. Like that schedule looking tough, and we knew this. You know, before the All Star break, people that's what people was talking about. Like, oh, that second half of the season is looking looking tough, and we well we seen it right. We had a three game losing streak already. We had a two game losing streak before this Grizzlies win, which was much needed. And I'm looking at the schedule like the names you just listed. Charlotte seems like one of the only get home like like easy peasy kind of wins, and that even that might be a stretch. Um, is Lamelo back? I know he's out, but like, no, I think I'm pretty sure he's out for the whole season. He'll be back by then. I'm, mm, I'm okay, pretty sure yeah. dude's I out. I, I, we're saying Mitch two. I want to check because we're saying two completely opposite things. I'm I'm sure he's out for the whole season. No, no, no. I know he's out for a season, but I think I saw like an update from their GM like last week saying like he might be able to come back. So I don't know, you know, because a lot of times that could just be like a surprise return. Uh, let's see. Oh, season. While you look that up, I got a. Yeah, while you look that up, I want to bring up one name. The like the one could say is the big three in our core. Obviously, before IQ's emergence, but Mitch, bro. Mm. Um, once again, out with an injury. Well, that happened obviously during our hiatus, and um, yeah, man, like I love the kid, bro. It's just like he seems to be snake pitting, you know, either by like you know injuries or like obviously before tips like coach is not primarily like playing him as much obviously due to his own foul trouble the foul troubles or injuries he got over the foul troubles he's looking like obviously a key to our whole defense then he's out and you know credit to noel and tosh for holding it down but 
when he was back, even for that brief period, there was a difference, you know what I mean, in terms of how the defense looked with his presence out there. And him being out, obviously it's a lot of things in question and in the air for our franchise now. Um, do you want to talk, touch on that for a little bit before we, you know, round back to the schedule? Like, how you feeling with regards to Mitch right now? Yeah, disappointed as hell, man. He came back from an injury only to get injured again a couple of games later. And those games in between, he was playing really well. And it puts out a lot of question marks. How much will the Knicks offer him? Is he going to be healthy enough for us to commit him to a long-term contract? Um, so, so too many question marks, but he could have been a, a game-changer, and I still believe in him. I think he's young enough where these injuries, you know, might not play a role in how his career ends up. At least that's my hope. You know, I try to be optimistic with this thing, but um, – you know, Noel and Taj have been, you know, playing admirably. And, you know, I, I don't really know what else to, to really say about Mitch. He's a guy who, you know, you could check an episode in and episode out. We were very high on him and think he has, you know, a high range of potential as, as a player, you know, for the rest of his career. But these injuries are starting to pile up. You know, he's had two pretty big ones this season. I don't recall him being injured last season. Um, yeah. he might've had like a couple of small things, but you know, a seven footer, big man. Uh, I don't know if he, how tall is Mitch again? Seven one. He's gotta be like, yeah, some shit like that. Like, if not like KP side, he's like maybe an inch or two. He's, he's in that ballpark. Yeah. So the, um, these injuries start to sentiment though. It's yeah. like, it's taking his toll. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's getting spooky. Anytime a big man starts having like. I'm not gonna put it out there like that, you know. I'm not gonna make the comparison. It's it's to it's like apples and oranges, you know what I mean? Like KP's situation was literally like it was chronic, mm -hmm. different types of lower leg injuries on both legs. I think with Mitch, like his first injury was like a fractured hand. That's almost always like a freak injury for a player, you know what I mean? Like you could just bang on somebody the wrong way or like grab the ball the wrong way or yada yada yada, you could break your hand. This one is like it's a foot fracture, yeah. right? You broke yeah. his foot. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. Big men with foot injuries. It's um. Hopefully, knock on wood, med staff like uh, doesn't re like rush him back for a return. He takes it easy in rehab as well. But like a broken, a seven footer with a broken foot, it's it's never a good sign. Yeah, you always think. I know of, Brooke Lopez is one of the famous people. Right, and Yao yeah, Ming. You like you think of Brooke Lopez, you think of Yao Ming, as as like yeah. seven footers with broken feet, and that shit is always scary. Especially a guy who's yeah, trying exactly. to but make a name of for himself as a guy who you know blocks a three-point shot and catches lobs all the time yeah and that's the biggest thing that separates like brooke lopez made his comeback and he became like a good kind of rim protector even after that obviously he ended a jump shot but he was never like a mobile big he's even to this day his best defensive success comes when he's just like in the paint you know what i mean as that big motherfucker uh, but with mitch it's like his mobility his athleticism his quickness and timing with these blocks or his rotations mm -hmm. His feet, obviously, having a bum foot, having a bum tire is going to, you know, affect that. So, you know, it might not be a one-to-one -one comparison, but I'm thinking he's still young enough. If they don't rush to rehab, which they he definitely won't. You know, shout-out to Macri again. He'd been mentioning because he's plugged in as far as, like, the organization goes, I think. Um, he might downplay it, but I feel like he has some good nuggets from his internal kind of, like, sources. Mm -hmm. He's saying, like, the Knicks franchise and front office, they definitely still see Mitch as, like, a big part of their future and their core. And that's good to hear, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm thinking they're going to take it slow with him, um, not rushing back like a, like we know. Noel and Taj been holding it down. Taj, yo, like, side note, this motherfucker, I don't know mm. what happened. He probably got the ill, like, steroid plug, H-E-H -H plug, <laughs> yeah. but he's looking like Chicago Taj. Yeah. You know He'd what I mean? Like, he has like this in a minute. Like, <laughs> yo, it's crazy, bro. Like... <laughs> What? <laughs> this is I don't know, man. It's like it's like whenever I, this is like another weird comparison to the NFL. But it's like whenever I see Tom Brady throw and he killed it this season, won a Super Bowl. Obviously, like fuck him, but like he's the goat in <laughs> yeah. that sport. But every time he threw, I was like, Yo, he look wild, brittle. How is he not dying? He's like a forty-five <laughs> year old man out there playing with like two hundred seventy-five like linemen trying to destroy him. With Taj, I'm just like, Yo, he looked like somebody's old uncle. When he's just like walking, you could like probably he don't look like an athlete no more. But then out there on the court, he's looking like himself, like his old Chicago self. So shout out to him for holding it down too. And yeah, I mean him and Noel been tag team, and hopefully they stay healthy. Knock on wood, and they could bring us through the end of the season. But back to Mitch, I guess in the larger picture, like 
would you offer him an extension this summer, or would you like pick up his option and see how he looks like in his last year of the contract? I guess it would depend on how low they're willing to go for a long-term extension. If we could get him for like ten million, you know that that I, that'd be a, okay. that'd be a pre that would have been a low-ball offer. But you're offering that to a guy who's coming off a broken foot and broken hand or fractured hand or whatever. If he's willing to take that for three, four years, ten mil, that's that'd be a steal. That would be a hell of a steal, but it's also probably why like he changes agent so much. He's not trying to give yeah, us a steal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like if, like, if, I feel ten, like, if ten to twelve doesn't yeah, work yeah, out, yeah. Uh, I might even go up to like thirteen, maybe fourteen um, for four years. If they're not mm-hmm. willing to take that, then you know, fuck it, go with the player option, check him out for a year, and then offer him a contract that he might deserve later. Yeah, I mean, with Brock Aller in the front office now, um, shout out to just the fact that we kept him. Because I saw, like, this is one thing I noticed during our hiatus as well. A lot of our coaches, Johnny Bryan, Kenny mm-hmm. Payne, and Mike Woodson eventually took the Indiana role. But a lot of them were in talks for big college college basketball head coaching jobs. And I think I saw Brock Aller was floated as, like, somebody that uh, Dan Gilbert will want to bring back because he's, like, unhappy with, um, shit, with who's the GM now? Kobe? Kobe something? Kobe Altman, yeah. Yeah. Fake Kobe. He's like C O L B Y. Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, the very fact that, like, he's still here and, like, talks to her that he's going to be around, you know, um, I saw another kind of rumor on the street that uh, Leon might just give him a, an upgraded title and upgraded pay to keep him instead of, like, another franchise taking him as a president. But with him in charge, I'm thinking he. Like, we might do some radical shit and not pick up his option so that Mitch is a restricted free agent, you know what I mean, this season, and we'll let the market dictate, you know what I mean? If another franchise out there wants to, like, negotiate with Mitch on our behalf, you know what I mean, give him, like, a restricted deal, and we can match it. And if whether we choose to match it or not, that will show, like, show us, the fans, what the front office thinks of Mitch, you know what I mean? That's interesting. Like, it's, like, kind of what, like... It's kind of what Chicago did. This front off, their front office, they got fired. They got new people in there. But back when uh, Zach Levine went in as a restricted free agent, they didn't offer him an extension. They let him go to the market. Uh, and this was kind of similar in that he had a torn ACL. He came back from a torn ACL, played a little bit, did not look like himself, but he still went into the market as a restricted free agent. Sacramento signed him. Chicago just, just matched the offer, and boom, Levine is here now. You know what I mean? He's doing what he's doing in Chicago. Mm. So if there, maybe that's like a situation where like a team that's desperate out there kind of gives Mitch a slightly bloated offer and thinking we won't match because of his injury history, yada, 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 I would match it. You know what I mean? Like, let's say, I don't know, who, so many moves has happened. Like, to, to add on talk, to that, we talk like the, on the trade the, deadline. But, there aren't that many yeah, teams with salary cap flexibility this summer, so that idea might actually work out really well because mm-hmm. not that many people might want to offer him a big contract and then he might have to settle for a much smaller deal. Uh, so it might not be as bloated as we might think. You know, it might turn out to yeah. yeah. Or he might take the qualifying yeah. offer, which I was thinking about that too. If like nobody gives him what he wants and he's just like a restricted free agent, if he takes the qualifying offer, it's almost as if we picked up his option anyway. You know what I mean? The only difference is like I think this is the rule is still in place. If like a player is a restricted, he gets no offers and he signs the qualifying offer and he comes back on a one year deal, he has like a no trade clause mm-hmm. basically. So that's gonna be the one thing that might hamstring us in comparison to just picking up his option. Because if we pick up his option. He's under contract. Next summer, 2022, he'd be unrestricted free agent. But we'd still have bird rights, I think. And, um, you know, with with picking up his option, we would still be able to trade him. Mm-hmm. If he's on his qualifying offer, we can't trade him without his permission. So I think now I'm thinking they might just, you know, well, it, it's tough to see or tough to know what they're exactly going to do. But it's, it's the biggest storyline for us, obviously, as a franchise this summer, what we're going to do with him. And that's one thing. I'm glad we weren't around podcasting for like the Andre Drummond rumors, bro. Oh my god! I don't know what the fuck <laughs> is going on, but like that shit was literally heating up for a second. I'm just like, nah, this is gonna be like the Jason Kidd thing. It just comes out. It looks like we're gonna hire him. We don't get him. Like if something else, something else happens, and that's what it was. Like it looked like Drummond for a second there for- it was gonna be ours. <laughs> I'm just like, no, 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 please God. And then the Lakers signed for him. real. So. I'm thinking Worldwide West is just out there helping other agents out by like putting these names out there, 
showing our supposed interests and we don't get them. You know what I mean? This is like the third time it's happened. You know what I mean? Yo, <laughs> like, imagine we've been tied to somebody we don't want and then we don't get it. Oh my god! Imagine having to talk yeah, about man. him while we were both like feeling like shit anyway. Andre Drummond to the Knicks. Oh my god, bro! <laughs> that we we fucking dodged Andre a bullet Drummond there. <laughs> Dog, Andre Drummond to a franchise that isn't in a position to win. It's literally like somebody getting COVID. <laughs> Yo, man. Yeah, we're just gonna put it's like COVID <laughs> on the franchise. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, here's the comparison it's like some for some folks, COVID is obviously worse than others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, for some franchises, drumming could be either bad or less bad. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to take that comparison too far because obviously, out of respect for the people that have a lost, lost right. members, so like, you know what I mean? The like, don't want to get too that far, but um. Yeah, bro. I'm glad we were we weren't around for that. I'm glad we didn't get drumming. But it's interesting that it seems like low key, like you and I are cool with him, Scott Perry. But it legit feels like he's the guy that was in a room full of eight people, and he's just like, guys, Drummond. You know what I mean? Like he still play, he kept pointing to like Drummond's face on like a dartboard. He's like, we need him. Like <laughs> we'll have him. I don't know because he the was the guy who made sure we didn't get D'Lo, and uh, I forgot who else. There's another. Dumbass player that the Knicks might were rumored to be targeting besides D'Lo. That's the thing, though. I think at the trade deadline, it was uh, Steve Mills wanted D'Lo, but I think the story was uh, Perry wanted Drummond. Really? So even though he okay. stopped Steve Mills from get like <laughs> trading the farm for D'Lo, uh, Perry himself wanted somebody else. Eventually, it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think Drummond went for a second round pick. We got a first round pick for Mook. So. Um, I mean, shout out to Perry for what he's done. I'm not going to hold it against him for what he supposedly could have done or wanted to do because it obviously didn't play out that way. But, yeesh, man. Like, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out of the front office this summer, which I don't think anybody would be surprised, right? I feel like Leon just kept him around as like, yo, you, you train me so that I can mm-hmm. replace you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Loki, that's what it felt like. But the signings that they did do recently have been pretty interesting to, to replace Mitch. Uh, I forgot the kid's name who like fractured his finger but stayed in the game and had a couple of nice blocks afterwards. Remember his name? Norvell Pell? Is that him? Was it that? Yeah, but you know who I'm talking about. That that kid was an interesting signing. I think John Henson was a pretty interesting signing too because, uh, like, I don't know much about John Henson, Yo. but the only thing I know about him is that he gets blocks. Like, that's the only thing I knew about John Henson. That, that man can get blocks. I don't know if he's a good defensive player, but he could get blocks. So <laughs> that, that's all I knew. He's tall and he can block. Exactly. And I mean, John Henson rose from the dead because I legit thought, like, the last time I saw him was like, he was like a Milwaukee like three, four years ago. And he was there for a while. Since, so he, like, damn. Like, that was a name for a pass. He played a couple of seasons there. He, the only yeah. thing I knew about Henson is, like, he looked like a like a 45 year old man when he was a freshman <laughs> at North Carolina. For, That's all for I knew. real. <laughs> <laughs> let me see his stats real quick. In fact, let me just uh, Google him to confirm that. Oh, yeah. He definitely looked like he got three kids and a mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) He um, he actually... Yeah, I mean, at this point, these are the type of signings we're looking at, you know? He played for Milwaukee for, like, six or seven seasons. That's a a good amount. And he played a lot of games for them, too. Um, He, uh, you know, roughly 60 to 65 games a season from age 22 to 28. He was on Cleveland for... Three years. Nah, he was in Cleveland when for nah, he was happen? in Cleveland for like one for twenty nine games. Oh, it said twenty eighteen to twenty twenty two on his Wikipedia page. So I was like, did I? Was I go comatose for that? Like, hmm. <laughs> um, but that one twenty seven to eighteen season in Milwaukee, he started sixty nine out of seventy six games, which is pretty good. Uh, mm. That's one of that was a good year for yeah, Giannis. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we're just talking about a third big. Yeah. I mean, you, you could you could do a lot worse than him on as a like a, as your third big man in like our situation. We're kind of in an emergency situation. So, to that point though, I want to kind of go back to the trade deadline. Obviously, we didn't talk about it, but like, how do you feel about us really like just kind of staying pat? You know what I mean? We didn't really make a move other than was the trading Rivers and Iggy for like two second round picks and a player we cut. Right? I think we got Terrence Ferguson, then we cut him. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I, so, I what do you, you think of that? What do you think of what we didn't do? And you know what, what the mean? hell did we do? Apart, like, damn, it's been it's been like that was pretty a much month. It, bro. Uh, we traded Rivers for what? You said a second round pick. Yeah, I think he went to like OKC, and I think OKC cut him. Like, now nah, I don't know if he has a job or not. 
But, um, yeah, we gave up Iggy, and I think we got two second-rounders and Terrence Ferguson. Like, low-key, a Brock Aller special. Like, that seems like some shit he was, like, fiending to do, and Leon's like, all right, fine, call it in. <laughs> Stop bugging me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, there, I don't think there were too many big moves for them to make. I think at point guard, they're set. At shooting guard, yo, shout-out to Alec Burks, man. That that dude's been killing it in the clutch. Yo. So him and Reggie Bullock both. Bullock mm. has really stepped up his game uh, the last, you know, six to ten games. He's been shooting lights out. Um, at small, we're good. It's really just I think all Knicks fans are kind of hoping that they got rid of Peyton somehow. He, he'd he wave his no-trade clause and then get traded. <laughs> just wave him. But <laughs> I, I'm, I wasn't too disappointed. I, I'm I'm glad that they stayed pat and try, didn't try to make a splashy move and go for Drummond or something like that. I think – a lot of fans resonated with that. Just the Knicks not going for Drummond, and that was it. Facts. I feel like that's like the biggest like thing I've taken. Obviously, it's a limited sample size, but that's the biggest takeaway I got for the Leon Rose era so far. They're not gonna make rash moves. You know what I mean? Um, they maybe go seventy-five percent of the way there in terms of pursuing a target, but they won't go into like an irrational territory. Like they like they may have been interested in Drummond, and they probably talked to him about like a multi-year deal, but they didn't do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. They probably didn't offer what he wanted for him to like turn down the chance of going to free agency this summer. Um, same thing with the Gordon Hayward deal. They probably they offered him what like the rumor was three years, seventy five mil. He went for like damn near like double that on a four year deal with <laughs> with fucking Charlotte. So like that shows you that like they want to splurge, but on their budget. You know what I mean on their terms. And to me, that's mm-hmm. like a good sign of restraint. Obviously, we're fans and we're kind of just speculating, but that's what I see from from our kind of perspective so far so i think i was kind of disappointed not even gonna lie i thought we would make like an incremental like kind of upgrade like that jj reddick move that uh sent him mm. to dallas i thought that would yeah. be us you know what i mean um i thought we get we could use the shooting obviously um not that bullock and burks have been bad you know yo they're literally we're getting our best bang for our buck those are low risk vet signings you like you want to bring into the fold and they're doing exactly that they're either performing to their standards or outperforming their deals and that's why I don't complain too much about those guys. Like I don't, I don't even think I recall complaining about Reggie that that much at all. The only thing I complain about Burks is like he just thinks he's Kobe out there some nights, <laughs> and when it's not falling, it just looks bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he just looked like the the random chucker at the pickup game. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean I wouldn't mind just bringing him back as like our designated six man. Him and IQ off the bench is a nice combo. You know what I mean? Yep. Um. And obviously, every fan out there, like, we was crossing our fingers for, like, that Lonzo uh, Woj mm. to hit the timeline. Mm-hmm. Pelicans kept him, so it's going to be interesting what happens in the summer because Bagley, Ian Bagley, Bagley or Bagley? I'm so out of practice. Is it Bagley? Ian Bagley, <laughs> bro. Yeah, there you go. Bro, I'm telling you, man. Um, Shout out to Ian Bagley if he listens. <laughs> please, please, please don't, like, uh, shut us off after this. But, uh, um... Yeah, I mean, he had said that we're going to be still interested in Alonzo going into the summer. You've been reading this so, man's articles for I mean, damn near 20, 15 years. <laughs> it's like one of those situations where you read a word so much that, like, when you say it out loud, you're like, oh, it's not pronounced like that at all. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I mean, if we go into the summer, we get Alonzo with the way RJ's developed um, and the way Alonzo has actually picked up his level of play. Yo, bro, he's like, been shooting since, lights like, out. the trade deadline, I feel like he's been balling out. Mm-hmm. Um to his level and to his role. And I feel like he's a good fit with RJ, um, Randall, and IQ, you know, just as, like, that playmaker, that that piece that you can plug in there. Randall and RJ will handle, like, the creation, but Alonzo will be there to set us up, get us into our sets, he'll spot up, you know what I mean? We talked about this in comparison, we talked about him in comparison to Peyton mad long ago, but it's literally, even back then, he wasn't shooting well. He's shooting better now, but back then he wasn't shooting well. It's the very fact that he, could, that he would, was willing to shoot that made him better than Peyton as a spacer anyway. So I think that's that's going to help. He'll, he'll help Obi in the transition game. Obi's picked up. Yo, he's show, that kid's showing signs of life finally, finally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, like, like Alonzo outlet passes to Obi would be beautiful in the garden, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, in the fast break. Because you know how, like, Alonzo likes getting his Tom Brady on, them long-range shits. So I'm hoping that's our main pickup this summer because part of me was thinking going into the season, obviously everybody had this thought we would be trash we probably, like, just kind of get a high pick, maybe trade for a veteran, and hopefully get a big fish in free agency. I wouldn't, be mind, I wouldn't mind right now at this point. Randall, RJ, IQ, Mitch, 
add to that core. Let's see if we could become like a 45-50 win team with those guys developing and getting better. And hopefully if a free agent wants to come, we keep our assets ready to make that move. You know what I mean? That's my take, though. I know I just ranted for a bit, but we throw it back to you. Yeah, you know, what, I think there's... What's your thoughts again on, like, Lonzo? I mean, Lonzo yeah, will, be, will be awesome. I think the one, you know, thing that people were wary about was his shooting, but I'm pretty sure he's shooting closer to 40% since the All-Star break. Like, he's been lights out. And obviously his passing could be one of the best in the NBA, and he's still so young, and his contract isn't too bad. I think he'd be an awesome fit with, with the Knicks, especially since a lot of Mitch's plays ends up in lobs, Obi Toppin, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, and a player that could just push the ball, something that Alfred Payton likes to try to do but can't really do. Um, and obviously Lonzo got the shooting factor. You know, I, I saw an interesting um, rumor today that there's a possibility that Chris Paul might opt out of his deal, his $44 million deal, which would be shocking for a team like Phoenix that's like Yo. number two or three seed right now. But if he decides to opt out, we got we got to try what we can to go after a Chris Paul. I mean, the biggest name at the trade deadline was also Kyle Lowry. So, yo, sign me up. If we can't get Lonzo, sign me up for one of the, the old point guards. You know what I mean? Because them dudes still got it. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Chris Paul, yo, if he wants to opt out and just come save us as well. Like, he's on, like, a tour of, like, literally saving franchises. Like, Phoenix this year. <laughs> Yep. OKC the year before. He got Houston closer than they ever did. Clippers. <laughs> Clippers. We all know that story. Like, shit, bro. Add New York to that list. Please come. <laughs> but if we could somehow Hold get... Mind, you know, my preference is like... Yeah, yeah go ahead. No, I was going to say, if we could somehow get him at a relatively good deal and maybe get an actual, like, superstar, superstar kind of player, that's a title contender right there. You know what I mean? I mean? Like a Cat, Beal, randomly. Booker kind of thing. Mm. That's a that's a, that's a a title contender right there. But obviously there's a lot of moving pieces, who we're going to yeah, trade, like... and all that. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I know the biggest pipe dream we had was uh, Kawhi. And then <laughs> randomly, like a week ago, just like a fucking report comes out, Kawhi expected to resign. I was like, why is this coming out now? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was talking about Kawhi. Like, that was like literally the most quiet, like, free agency, like... <laughs> Uh, conversation ever. There was no conversation about Kawhi leaving the summer, and there almost always is when there's like a big free agent that could yeah. opt out. I feel like his people put that out there just to like <laughs> get him na- get his name back in circulation. Like, oh, yo, guys, remember this guy has a decision to make. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I was like, wow, nobody's questioning you're leaving, and then you just put her out there that you're gonna stay. It's like reverse psychology almost. I was like, oh, he coming to New York? No, I'm playing. I didn't think that, but part of me like hopes, you know. So. Hope maybe that could happen, but I'm thinking if we walk away this summer with Lonzo, that's a successful summer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And hopefully we bide our time for Cat being sick of Minnesota. Side note: Alex Rodriguez just bought the Timberwolves. Yep. You seen that? Him and his him and a friend of his, uh, who I think is way more wealthy than he is, but shit, 1.5 billion dollars for a garbage franchise isn't isn't too bad. Chill. I mean. If they go for one point one point five billion, man, I hope Dolan got Jeff Bezos on speed dial. Hmm. You can sell the Knicks for five billion even. Like, come on now, you know what I mean? I saw Bezos um out here. The rumor was that he was gonna buy the Washington football team, the the former Redskins. I don't know if you know the story. They had the racist name, and yeah. then we finally had to change their What's name. What's the new name now? So the rumor was Bezos. Weapon. What What's the new name now? Their name is literally the Washington Football Team now, and they're gonna, they're gonna bring in an official name in 2022. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So they were just going with this like a generic name for now. But the rumor was that uh, Bezos was trying to buy them because he's he's out here in DC now, obviously because they got their uh, Arlington or Amazon uh, location right mm-hmm. here in Arlington where I stay at. So that that's not gonna happen just because I saw the the Redskins owner actually just bought all his minority stakes, so he owns like 99 percent of mm-hmm. it now. So the rumor is, like, Bezos is looking for a sports franchise to buy. His first preference is NFL. But if he's trying to buy an NBA team, bro, like, I know we're making good moves with Leon and Toe, you know, and the Leon regime. But if Bezos wants to take it off Dolan's hands, I'm not going to oppose, you know what I mean? And I'm not one of those people that talk shit about Dolan at every second or whines about him every second. But, you know what I mean? Like, Jeff Bezos, he's a piece of shit billionaire. But, hey, 
Those are the type that buy sports teams, man. Like, what are we supposed to do? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I obviously we we have the <laughs> devil that we know in Dolan, but shit, Bezos is the devil that we don't know, and that man is is <laughs> horrible. So I don't know. I, I prefer like Elon Musk. Or real something. life Lex Luthor. Exactly. Like I prefer Elon yeah, Musk. Yeah, I mean that, he's a real life that guy's Lex cool. Luthor. Yeah, I'm a. I've heard some things about him. We we talk about him offline. Yeah. We're not. I'm not trying to have like the the Musk fanboys because this is online fucking fan fan base is ridiculously fervent <laughs> to say the least. But but yeah, I mean shit, man. Like all billionaires are trash. Yeah. Like they could you easily know, saved us. Fuck all that. Eat the rich. All that. Yep. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it's like pick the least trash one. Just pick one that isn't like. Yo, I get it. Dolan's the owner. He can do whatever the fuck he wants in his building and in regards to his franchise. But let's just have a non-petty motherfucker just running shit from now on. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I don't really give a shit about the shit that all these other outlets report about us. But I don't want to have to fucking like see it. You know what I mean? It's like I don't care that Dolan's like getting shit on by Max Kellerman every other day. I don't give a fuck. Like people are gonna whine about him all the time. He's gonna do stupid shit. But I don't want to have to like as a fan compartmentalize any of that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Oakley thing. People still talk about it. I'm just like, can we talk about this team that's outperforming? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why is this still a thing? You know what I mean? Like Chuck D just got his uh his um his own Knicks podcast on the Athletic. Um, big Knicks fan, legend, legendary MC, public enemy. But his biggest thing recently is talking about like the Dolan Oakley situation and. I feel like a lot of people underrating that Oakley's a piece of shit too. Like he he's been taking mad shots at Ewing for no reason. You know what I mean? The very, very fact that I'm talking about it and ranting about it right now tells you that like I'm just tired of the Dolan mm-hmm. saga. You know what I mean? I've been tired. I don't think we're gonna have this drama with Bezos. He's quietly trash. Like people know he's trash, but he's quiet about it. <laughs> I feel like he'd bring in a, a lot of attention that no. we don't want as well. It, like if Basil starts coming into the Knicks, yeah, we got yeah. Bernie's. Bernie's gonna be against the Knicks, man. I'm not. I'm not trying to have that. He's gonna be like one I mean, one shit, ticket man, costs three hundred dollars, but that's more tax than Basil has been paying for his whole life. Yeah, you, you worried about Bezos? He's turning the Knicks practice facility into uh, an Amazon yeah. sweatshop too. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna just let go of all the MSG concession workers because they unionize. Right. He's like, nah, fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be worse. You're right. You're right. Um, I mean, either way, I mean, I'm cool with Dolan. I'm not cool with Dolan, but I'm just like not one of them fuckers. Like I said, that's gonna whine about him every second. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he hasn't shut done up about it. Yeah, he hasn't said or done anything all season. Just let him be, and just you know, as long as he's not getting involved, we're we're chilling. Facts. Um, you got any thoughts on the NBA as a whole? Like going back to the trade deadline, I do want to mention before I hand it back to you I like the the Vucevic move for both mm. kind of came out of nowhere but I fuck with it you know what I mean like give Zach Levine like that second scorer he may not be shit on defense but neither, neither is Zach so um, at least that will be out there keeping it competitive scoring wise but what do you think of that and just the trade general t- trade deadline in general man we're talking about stuff from like two three weeks ago I gotta see again what the deal was it was <clears throat> two first round picks for Vooch. Um, what was it? And they, they got a couple other players too. They uh, the Bulls traded Wendell Carter, who's has a lot of potential but keeps getting injured. Otto Porter and two first round picks for Vooch and Al Farouk Aminu. Um, and the first round picks are twenty twenty one and twenty twenty three, which I mean. I think for the Magic, it makes sense. I forgot what deal they did for Aaron Gordon, but I didn't. I remember thinking that it wasn't a good trade for the Magic. Um, I don't know. I think I think for Vooch getting two picks and a young uh, player in <clears throat> Wendell Carter was a pretty good deal. I think Vooch was as good as he can get, and he's a solid, good, you know, All Star caliber player. He makes the Bulls better. Um, are they a top five team? No. I still wouldn't say so. There, I don't. Do they get that much better with Vooch on a team? Probably not. Do they have a chance of making the playoffs? Yes, but they also have a pretty good chance of not making the playoffs. And that twenty twenty one pick is going to end up being a lottery pick for the Magic. They got a great deal for Markel Fultz two years back. So, as far as rebuilding goes, you know what, what the Magic is are doing is is pretty solid. And the Bulls, 
you know, trying to maximize Levine while he's only getting better and better uh, was smart. There were uh, a franchise that just wasn't making any good moves for a long time, and it finally looks like they're they're mm. making smart decisions. And I think with Vooch, they got they got another player, right? The Bulls, or am I bugging? Um, I don't even remember, but yeah, I just want to talk about Vooch because I mean I echo everything you said there. You know, Bulls are pretty much in the same position as we are. We they had like a young kind of uh, star that like broke out this season. Levine, obviously for them, Randall for us, and we stood we stood pat. But the Bulls, you know, kind of they got an all star big man, quote unquote. You know, um, yeah. I mean, you pretty much touched on everything. Like, it's good for them at least for morale, I think, because low key, I've mentioned it a lot. They've been one of the most trash franchises that doesn't get enough attention, mm-hmm. and they're a big market. You know what I mean? And it seems like they turn it around. It's crazy. Like they're our situation is so similar. They had Jim Boylan, we had Fisdale, and you just replace them with like actual pro coaches that know what the fuck they're doing. It's like night and day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you go from being frustrated at like at seeing shit and you're just like, What the fuck is this? to like, okay, yo, they're playing hard, we're play, we're playing professional basketball and we may be losing, but we're not losing and ha- having my like myself fucking pull my fucking hair out, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a difference, and shout out to Chicago for at least getting back on track that we did, you know? It'd be dope if we both become, like, contenders in the next two years at the same time, you know what I mean? Because obviously the legendary rivalry, and I don't know, bro, I'm just tired of seeing teams like Indiana and fucking, <laughs> I don't know, Orlando in the playoffs, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck out of here. Let's, let's get some actual, like, big cities, big markets in there. I don't care if that sounds snobby, like... We shit about the little markets, bro. Like I'm gonna be fair about that. Like who cares? Yeah, right. <laughs> Miles Turner, man. I, I, why do I care? If, like, yeah. Uh, t- ch- yeah changing up a little fault. bit, real quick. Uh, as a side note, man, Miles Turner to the Knicks would have been a great move. They ended up not trading him, even though there was a big mm-hmm. rumor that he's gonna get traded. Uh, that would have been a great move for the Knicks. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm gonna start the hashtag number three in 2023. That's what I'm going at. What do you think? I'm, I might have some brain fog myself right now. What, what do you mean by For that? the Knicks, number three in 2023. <laughs> Third title, 2023. Ah, you're going to help to. Ah. Yeah, you got you got it? This man. Don't do that yet. We, that might actually backfire <laughs> and, like, <laughs> Knicks fans will actually beat the shit out of us, find us. Actually, I mean, and everything. no, I, if the Knicks make the playoffs this season and we're seeing in two seasons they might, you know, be a title contending team, I don't think that's too unreasonable of an expectation to make two years being a I mean, title contender not saying winning right. the you title mean, but rj barrett is that's true and rj barrett is only 20 in 2023 he will be 23 and i'm kind of terrified for the league of what that means for them mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean like if he literally <laughs> just becomes those guys that just comes back and just like is exponentially better every year at this point i have no reason to think he won't be you know what i mean yeah. it's like that period where like I'm not making this direct comparison, but it's like, remember back then where, like, Kawhi would just come back each year, and it's like he got a fucking fir- firmware upgrade, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, his phone updated overnight, comes <laughs> back the next <laughs> season, he's like, oh, okay, he's, he has the MJ fadeaway yeah. now. Like, <laughs> if R- I think RJ could be one of those dudes, you know what I mean? But, yeah, man, I mean, I feel like we closing, closing this episode yep. out, but, yo, feels good to be back. For real. You know what I mean? Like, miss talking Knicks, bro. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks play the Raptors tonight. I think it's fair to say that they should come out of this with a W. Kyle Lowry's out. Fred VanVleet is suspended. Um, they had a couple other guys are out. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, he had a thing with, I think, Dennis Schroeder or some shit. Uh, or that might have been Kyrie. I don't know. I'm mixing it up. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> but anyway, either way, he's suspended. So, the team that wasn't performing that well anyway is gonna have, is gonna be without their two, two of their best players. Um, so the Knicks should come out with a W, but you know all these teams where the Knicks should beat, they haven't really been beating lately. Um, uh, and then afterwards, they got the Lakers, another team without their two best players in LeBron and AD. I don't know if Kuzma's playing, but this is another team that just blew out the the Nets while they had Kyrie and KD both playing. Now Kyrie got out, I think, in the mm. in the second quarter when he had something with Schroeder. But man, that was a great game to see them blow out the Nets. It was it was beautiful to see. They got a they got a <laughs> solid bench. They got Drummond, um, and you know, they got players who are ready to ball out without their leaders on the team. So that's gonna be a tough matchup. But I hope the Knicks come away with the W. And yeah, that's back to back games. That's tonight and tomorrow. Uh, you agree? You think they uh, 
should come out with a W, both games. I mean, playing the should game is a, is a dangerous thing. You know what I mean? Um, Low-key, going back. <laughs> Remember, I think it was like earlier this season. He's like, yo, we should beat Toronto. We're going on a three-game win streak, and we got destroyed by Toronto, I think, that game. <laughs> so or actually, no, did we win against Toronto? And we're just, I don't know. It was just funny early yeah. in the season. Like, so I don't want to say we should win, but I think Tibbs got this team in the, in the habit of taking care of business when they absolutely need to. Um, but it always looks like they're on the precipice or on the edge of kind of reverting back to like a lowly, bad 500 team. They claw back and pick up wins like they OT mm-hmm. win. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking Toronto is a win tonight. You know, knock on wood. But I'm hoping, you know, our triumphant return means a triumphant return for our team to get into actually have winning streaks again. You know what I mean? Um, and the Lakers game, it's tricky. Um, I think it's one of those situations where the Lakers subs without AD and LeBron. They knew all eyes would be on them against Brooklyn, especially with the, the all the talk about Brooklyn LA being the finals. So those those role players who aren't really even like like role players, like Schroeder would start on mad teams, Harold would start on mad teams, Drummond was just starting. I think all those guys were just like, yo, we gotta. They overperformed and they got up for that game against a marquee team. I don't think they'll have that same attitude against us because yeah, we're scrappy this season, but like we're not a quote unquote super team like like the fuck boys in Brooklyn. So. You know, I'm thinking that's probably that might be a winnable game for us. But otherwise, man, I mean, glad to be fucking back, bro. Glad to be talking ball, with my yep, bro. Yeah, yeah. Glad you were alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Maybe, we bro. we're gonna try to get Nickish at night back on. Uh, be tweeting a lot more. I I miss tweeting during games. Uh, and just you know chopping up with other Knicks fans. Facts. Uh, that shit. You know, for for a month now we haven't been doing it, and we're approaching a critical time period where the Knicks might actually, you know, knock on wood, make the playoffs. Or uh, So, you know, good season so far. Let's let's keep it going. For those of you guys listening, we appreciate you guys making it to the end of this episode. Make sure you follow us at Nickish Show on both Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Nickish Show. And, uh, you know, keep on up. We we back to recording. We back to talking Knicks. We back to talking NBA. And, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, appreciative of you guys listening. Make sure... If you come away with anything, get vaccinated. You know, that's something you got to do. Uh, if you live in Queens, your college has a shit ton of available appointments. Make sure you, you sign up there. Um, and, you know, this this summer should be popping. Hopefully everyone gets vaccinated. And, um, you know, the Knicks might be in the playoffs. So uh, for those of you guys who are going to be fasting this week, shit, Ramadan starting, uh, you know, mm. we'll – you know, prayers up. Uh, hope you guys have a successful and happy Ramadan. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got for this episode. You got anything else to add? No, I mean you hit it on the head, bro. Just uh, hope people stay safe out there. And you know, to add to your our whole little spiel about subscribing and all that, yo, give us some good ratings on each uh, podcast platform too, if you haven't already. That that usually helps, like. The little guys like us in the podcast game, like uh, climb up those those uh, those ladders and those uh, you know the what have you, whatever the charts or whatever the fuck. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, aside from that, stay safe and uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely, I, I definitely recommend do not have allergies against pollen. It's a very bad thing. That's that's my main takeaway for the, for the listeners. But yeah, <laughs> peace. Until <laughs> next time, guys. Take care. Peace.